Welcome to episode 43 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership. This week, you're in for a real treat. We got Jen Sears in the house. (laughs) Kiki's BFF, Katie Wilcox, joins us today. Coach Katie has coached girls volleyball for over 10 years and has a lot to offer us about leadership. Kiki joins in with her insights too from her water polo days and as a mentor for Friends for Youth. With their help, we'll explore what sports can teach us about leadership. Okay, hanky warning. A couple times I found myself a little emotional hearing how these amazing women have grown from the second graders I knew who in their Halloween parade were a rock star and a 60s poodle skirt girl. Hope you'll enjoy their energy too as I did and have a smile of confidence that the future is in good hands. Here you go. Enjoy the listen. Hey, you guys, welcome back, Kiki. So good to have you with us. Thanks, Mom. Um, Good to be back. For this episode. And we have a very special guest I'm so excited to introduce Katie Wilcox to our audience. And Katie and Kiki have been friends since what, second grade or even before? Yeah, this is my best friend in the whole wide world. I love her like a sister. We have a matching tattoo. It's my bestie right here. <laughs> right. And yesterday, or or rather Sunday at the farmer's market, we ran into Katie and um, she was talking a little bit about what she was up to. And I went, oh, you know what? This is perfect for the podcast. So Katie, why don't you tell everybody what you've been up to? Yeah, thanks, yo. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited to be here. As she mentioned, I'm Katie. I have been friends with Kiki my entire life. And I, yo is my second mom. So I'm thrilled to be here. A little bit about me. I was born and raised in the Bay Area. I went to Menlo Atherton High School. Today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my involvement in volleyball and coaching. So at MA, I played there uh, on the girls indoor volleyball team for four years. Three of those four years, we uh, actually went and one playoffs, which was really cool. After that, I went to Foothill College where I played beach volleyball and indoor volleyball for two years. There I was the captain for my indoor team. We went to playoffs my sophomore year as well. There I earned two certificates in communication and an AA in psychology. After that, I transferred to UCLA where I finished that degree in psychology. um, And I also earned myself a minor in applied developmental psychology. There I stopped playing volleyball, but instead of that, I was involved in student government. And so I was the president of my dorm. That just kind of meant I facilitated weekly meetings where we voted on allocation of residential funds. Then I returned to the Bay Area to start teaching and coaching volleyball. Been here ever since. That's so great. And Kiki... You should probably tell our listeners too about your high school sports. Katie and I both went to MA in Lafayette High School and I did water polo when I was there all four years. In freshman year, I was just on the JV team and then sophomore year, I got on the varsity team, which was really cool. I did swimming for two years, didn't love it. So I really liked water polo and the team aspect of it. And I also did a club water polo as well. So that was my sport, sport of choice. But growing up, I also loved dancing. That was my thing. So you guys, when you were in high school doing sports, what did it mean to you guys? Because I know it from a mother perspective, what we hoped it would mean to you guys, but what 
did you take away from that experience? I can start. So volleyball for me was honestly my life. It was like my home away from home. It was really more so like my safe space. I love volleyball. It was an outlet for everything, for, you know, emotions, for hard days, for things that, you know, couldn't really talk about with other people. I could use it as an outlet and I could use it as a place where I could shine in like a way and I could be kind of center stage. And I also love volleyball for the team aspect of it, having like that team and that support system, like even if we weren't really close friends or we didn't see each other every day at school or anything like that, just having like a group of strong, like independent, inspirational women around me at all times was really, really cool. And I, I loved it. So for the yeah. team aspect and just kind of for like the safe haven it provided for me. How about you, Key? Yeah, I think a big plus one. I feel like um, it was a community, you know, and doing sports like that, it really helps build camaraderie with your teammates. And those are usually friends that you have for a long time. It's the people that see a different side of you beyond just being in your, you know, science class or something. They get to know you for, you know, you and your competitive spirit and all the inside jokes that you make. So I think it really helped me feel, you know, connected to a community was my biggest takeaway from it in my experience. That's great because um, you both that school was huge. I forget how many students there were, and it was good that you could find your peeps somewhere and have a community within that large school. Maybe we can talk a little bit about what role you think sports has in plays uh, for girls to learn about leadership. I think being an athlete almost inherently makes you a leader. In school, sports is huge. Like sports garnishes so much popularity and fans and money brings in a lot of funds for the school. Um, I remember at MA in particular, at every home game we had, our like stands were packed. It was just an incredible feeling. But because of this, everybody kind of knows who you are. If you're playing on a varsity team, like everybody knows that and they kind of defer to athletes a lot. And I tell my kids and I tried to embody this. My coaches told me this as an athlete that, you know, whenever you're walking around, you're representing something bigger than yourself. It's the program. It's the school. It's the coaches. It's everybody else who's on that volleyball team. It's yourself also and your family and you're representing something so much bigger. And so I think that that inherently just kind of makes you somebody that people look to, to follow and to lead others. But I think also like sports really makes you think of things in different contexts. For example, as a captain in volleyball, you're the floor captain, meaning that if you're on the court, you're, there's one floor captain. You are the only person who is allowed to talk to the refs, not the coach, not anybody else on the team. It's just the floor captain. So that forces you to advocate for yourself. And not only that, but to advocate for yourself in a respectful manner. You can't scream at a referee. I mean, you need to you know, advocate for yourself in a way that is going to benefit you and benefit your whole team and represent all of you very well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's almost, you have to be a leader when you're in those shoes. Key, I think for you, it was really social, like connecting with others, right? In leadership. Yeah. I think it taught me a lot of really valuable lessons. Like I agree with Katie, where I think when you're an athlete, you are a leader, especially in high school. I feel like it's a really good way to practice leadership. I heard a quote recently that really like made me think that a great leader is 
one that adapts to their team and it's not the other way around. And, you know, I think with, with um, athletics and when you're playing on a team, you really have to adapt to your, to your teammates if you want to do well, you know, and if you want to capitalize on each other's strengths and you have to be agile and, and adapt. And I think my experience in sports helped me practice those leadership skills so that now I could say, you know, with work, when I demonstrate instances of, you know, taking the lead or being a being a leader, I keep that in mind. And I also really try to hone in on the social aspect of it as well. Because like you said, that was very important to me with sports, like mm-hmm. being friends with all of my teammates and making sure that they felt valued. That's so important. Yeah, Guy, that is such a great point because I think also a huge part of it is like organizational leadership, like to have, to be a peer with other people and to act in a way that rallies them all behind you, being the same age, going to the same school, you know, doing the same kind of things, not having like an age difference or anything like that. Like you have to embody the qualities that will make people around you follow you. I think that's huge. Totally, totally. So now, Katie, with you coaching, weren't you, um, I'm not sure you mentioned that that it was high school volleyball that you're coaching. Done that for a couple seasons now? Yeah. So I've actually started coaching when I was in high school, lightly. I started coaching our, our high school actually ran like middle school clinics. So I started coaching then a little bit. And then once I got into college, I started coaching club volleyball. And now I'm currently coaching both club and high school volleyball. So I've probably been coaching for like almost like eight years now on and off. And Mm -hmm. I've coached kids from the ages of eight years old to like 18. So do you see them change in front of you? Like, oh my God. Yes. Yes. It's remarkable. For example, I coach little kids. So I coached, uh, I last year I coached, um, a tens club team. So I had kids between the ages of eight years old and 10 years old. And the growth with them is insane. Um, I mean, because we started the season where there was a huge kind of like, I guess you would call it like a lack of control. Like, I mean, they would talk all the time. They would talk over other people. If I had like a question for them, there were certain kids who were so confident in themselves and always wanted to answer the question, always raising their hands and stuff like that. And throughout the course of the season, those same kids would know the answer to the question, but would literally say, I think I'm going to let somebody else answer the question, which is like so cool to see. So just those little like moments or when they repeat something that I say to them. Like, for example, sometimes in younger kids, they will literally scream at each other on the court. And I'll tell them like, hey, is that helpful? As the season progressed, I would have a player yell at somebody and the player would respond saying, was that helpful? And it was the cutest (laughs) thing ever. But it was so funny to see because you know, it was just a marker for me that, you know, they're learning something, they're growing, they're learning their kind of like emotional development and social, social, emotional cues and those kinds of things. And so growth there is huge in high school. It's kind of the same things. We had a really rough season last year. And just so to see their growth from last year to this year is amazing. They were very kind of unmotivated last year, this year, they are some of the most self-motivated athletes I've ever met. Um, And so I think a lot of that has to do with leaders and having quality leaders around them and kind of providing them the foundations to succeed. I did a little research and there was kind of a list of leadership qualities that maybe if I just sort of call out you can give your point of view on on them. But one is that sports helps you 
understand the value of practice and preparation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think like when I think about the days of early morning practice at like 6am, which would be, and getting into the cold pool when it's freaking cold outside, I think they really, uh, you know, emphasize discipline. I think about it now and there were times where, you know, I cried. I was so frustrated or so tired. I was like, I just don't want to do this. But looking back on it and applying it to, you know, now I definitely see the importance of, of practice and and it makes, you know, the team something to be proud of, you know, like all the work that you put into it. I don't know what you think, Katie. I completely agree with you. I think discipline is something that was heavily emphasized by my coaches and now is heavily emphasized by me as a coach because discipline is really everything, especially in volleyball. I mean, one inch, having your foot on the sideline or not on the sideline makes the difference between you playing that ball and not. So it's those kinds of things extends outside of sports and it really has given me the work ethic that I have today. I have to set aside time to practice things, to, you know, put in the work so that I can succeed. And sports really set me up for success in that. Like I, I have ADHD. So doing those things is very difficult for me sometimes. And so being able to refer back to those things that I did in sports, for example, conditioning, nobody really loves conditioning, but you have to do it in order to perform at your best. And so like those kinds of things really set you up for success in your future goals too. So in your careers, in learning, in school, you have to learn all of these things. And time management, I think also plays a role in this too. Being a student athlete is very overwhelming sometimes. You have a lot of tasks, you have a lot of things to do, and you have to make a lot of sacrifices. When you're in high school, you want a social life, but you also have homework and you maybe have a job. I had a job when I was in high school. You also have sports to take care of. You have, you know, if you want to do private lessons with like other coaches or or you want to do extra conditioning things. There's all these things that you have to manage. And that all of that sets you up for success in the long run, I think. What about overcoming adversity or dealing with success and failure? Well, I guess failure is a loaded word, but I guess loss, things not turning out exactly as you had hoped they would. Yeah, I know, Katie, you you know, told me about a really recent kind of event of that, of that happening. Ooh, loss is hard. Loss is hard. And in sports, it's incredibly hard. If you're playing sports, you are competitive. Like you have to have competitive, a competitive nature if you play sports and you want to win. And so this season, at the end of the season, you can go to playoffs in a couple different ways. Basically, you need to have a certain number of wins in order to go to playoffs. And us going to playoffs all laid on this one game at the end of the season, we um, had some injuries. And so we ended up losing some games that we didn't expect to lose based on just players not being there. And so our last game of the season, we competed against a team that we had beat earlier in the season, but this team was still ranked. They were tied for first in our league. And um, we went to play them again for the second time. And if we won, we went to playoffs. If we lost, we didn't. And so a lot was riding on this game and we played our absolute hardest. We went to five sets in volleyball. It's best of five for high school. We went to five sets. Uh, it was a difference of two points that we lost by and we lost. And it was absolutely devastating for all of the players, for the coaches too. There was so much hearts that we put into this season. It was hard to deal with. 
And, you know, afterwards, honestly, how we dealt with it is we said good game to the other team. We all walked outside together and we sat in a circle and we all cried together, talked about our feelings of the season. I asked all of the kids to go around and say some words about the seniors that were there because this was the seniors last volleyball game. And we all just kind of like showed our love for each other, our support for each other. And we all just like were together and there for each other. And that's kind of how we got through it. And I think that that says something about sports and like the qualities that he was talking about earlier in community without that final kind of like meeting together. I don't really know how everybody would have ended afterwards. I do know how we ended because at the end of this little circle, this little huddle we had, we all were giving each other hugs and everybody texted each other afterwards in our group chat. And the next day at school, we all kind of met back with each other. They had lunch together and after school, they all brought their jerseys back to me and stuff. We had like another meeting together. And so I think that like just the community is so huge in coping with loss and coping with hardships and hard times, whether it's related to sports or not. I need a moment just to let that be. Are there any other thoughts? I mean, I got to tell you, I am so emotional for the two of you. Oh, mom. I know. Um, You've seen us grow. I have. Since we were You're just a rock star and a poodle lady. Look at us now. women who are just um, on fire. And it's just so cool to see. I'm so grateful. I was thinking when you were talking, Katie, that the way you're coaching, you you probably did have some models, but you're probably doing it your way because Gen Zers never do anything like anybody else. Yeah. Oh, all- yeah. So that's a good point, actually. Like, Katie, what were you, were you kind of inspired by maybe some of even like the negative experiences you had with other coaches? And you're like, I'm never doing this because <laughs> that was terrible. Definitely. Yeah. I, um, I guess how I want to start this is that I believe that leading is leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. That's what I, good leaders really like what you were talking about earlier, Kiki, is that good leaders have to be able to reach their audience. You can't, there's no one right way to lead. There's no like easy answer to it. It's a hundred percent based on who you're trying to lead and who you're trying to kind of have follow you. And so for me, it took a lot of observation and learning from those around me. So my coaching has come like so far because when I started in high school and like in college, I definitely coached how I was coached before. Didn't really work for me. So I'm not really sure why I thought that would work for other kids. Um, But that's what I did because that's what I knew. So a lot of that was, you know, being really strict. Any, the slightest thing happened, everybody's running a liner. If you miss your serve, you don't get to serve in the next game. If you make a mistake, you're subbed out of me. Harsh, strict things were, was how I was coached. I still remember I had a coach in high school who said, if any of you are late to practice, we're doing coach on one, which is basically the coach versus one player. And that's when like the coach will like toss the ball and just hit as hard as they can at you or like toss it over the gym. And he said, if any of you are late to practice, we're doing coach on one until you throw up. I swear to God, that's what he said to me. And I'm in high school. And, you know, that was a lot of the coaching that I had when I was a kid growing up. I learned from them not do those things because how far did that really take me? And I think about still, I had another coach who told me, Katie, even if you didn't touch the ball in the play, they should have done better. So stop pointing your fingers at other people and figure out what you can do better. And that's something that I wish was said a little bit differently, but actually stuck with me to this day. 
And so in a lot of situations, I find myself blaming myself for things that are happening that I had no kind of involvement in or anything like that. And so there's all these things that I remember that these coaches say to me that I wonder if they even thought twice about saying that and stuff. And so based on those things, I've tried to be a lot different. There's a book that I've read called Catching Catching Them When They're Positive or something like that. And it's basically talks about not emphasizing the negatives or the things that people are doing wrong but catching them when they're doing it right and praising them for that because that goes so much further in communication than it does when you're like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Instead being like, hey, that was an awesome swing. Do it again. Doing things like that was very beneficial for me. A huge thing too was last season, the kids had a really hard season. It was really hard to watch actually. The coach that was there, she was an awesome person, but she led in a way that did not make people want to follow her. She was very strict, very harsh, kind of how I was explaining about these other coaches that I had in the past. She very much mirrored them. I was the JV coach last season. She was the varsity coach. So we coached side by side, but we weren't actually like partners in coaching or anything. Um, So it was her program. It was not my program at the time. So I was kind of just learning under her. We experienced so many behavioral issues, just unsportsmanlike conduct within like the athletes, attendance issues, motivation issues, just all sorts of things. Kids would be crying after practice all the time. And I like was looking at this and it just broke my heart, honestly, because it reminded me a lot of like, the little Katie or the little Kiki and just how these coaches kind of like treated us and just saw us as a means to winning and a means to having a good season and a good record for their career. And that really kind of broke my heart. And so after that, I kind of sat down and I was like, okay, I need to think about this because this can't happen again. And so there was a couple of things that I did differently this year. Uh, one of which was, I know that a lot of sports teams do this. My teams have always done this is you have to sign a contract before entering the season. And the contract basically says like, this is what sportsmanship looks like. These are the qualities you need to kind of show as an athlete. These are, you have to come to practices. You have to be on time to games. You have to return your jerseys, all these kinds of, instead of just giving them a contract, we sat down together, had a meeting. We all wrote it together. I actually made the kids write it. I said, what are you going to commit to? What can you commit to? What do you think will make this program a good program? What do you think will make it somewhere where all of you guys want to be? And so they kind of sat together and they wrote down that. I also asked them to come up with the core values of our program. What are our core values? What do we believe in? A lot about being good people and being support systems for each other. And that's really what they wanted and what they value. And so that's really what we started the season with. And then in addition to small differences that I made was at the beginning of each practice, I would take between five and 10 minutes to just do a simple check-in. Like, hey guys, how was your day? Tell me about your day at school. What did you guys learn today? What was the coolest thing? How was your weekend? What'd you guys do for Halloween? Every day we would sit down, we'd talk about those things. And that was actually something that my kids pointed out at the end of the season that they really appreciated. Sometimes I would do little icebreakers. Like I asked them, like, if you had to be an avatar character, who would you be? Or like, if you had to be a plant, what would you be? So just like random little things like that, just to make them laugh and to kind of decompress from the long day at school. Um, And then I also canceled Friday practices and I made them more so uh, personal professional development Fridays instead. So every Friday we would have a lesson, some kind of life lesson. One of them was how to write a resume. One of them was how to prepare for an interview. And we would always incorporate team bonding in those like Friday sessions. And I think that turning the program into something that was very athlete focused and focused on their well-being was a huge game changer for them because I had 
no issues with attendance. In fact, I had a lot of kids who were very sick begging me to come to practices or games anyway. Not only did all my kids meet the minimum 2.5 GPA, we had an average of a 3.0 GPA this year because I told them that student athlete means student athlete. Student comes first. You have to focus on your academics first and then you are able to play. So if anybody's grades were slipping, we set up kind of a tutoring program. Instead of practicing with the team, they had to work on their homework during practice until they could finish it, complete it and catch back up in school. And if they needed help with anything, I was there, the other coach was there, or any of the kids were there to help them. Someone who was willing to listen to them and willing to believe them, whatever they said to me and take their feelings into athlete centered instead of winning centered. was kind of my season. (laughs) I love that. That's so cool. And so it's so inspiring to hear because there's definitely things that coaches have said that I'm just like, oh, wow. Okay. And I think you brought up a really interesting point that like, it didn't seem like a lot of the coaches were focused on the athletes well-being. And I guess it meant more to them to have a good season and a good season isn't like your athletes are happy. It's like, okay, you know, you're winning. I think it's really cool that you have that perspective that the athletes um, and their well-being is really embraced and it's it's honored in a way. Because mm-hmm. I think that's quite rare. Um, and I guess I didn't realize that until right now. <laughs> like I didn't realize like, <laughs> wow, yeah, there's so many coaches that like do not care about, well, I wouldn't say they don't care about their athletes. I think right. they do, but they, they have different priorities, I think. Um, and it's not a right or wrong way, depending on what you value when you're in the coaching position. But I think there's a responsibility that's there to, you know, help your athletes grow. Um, but I don't, I don't think a lot of people do well when it's a lot of negative reinforcement, you know, I don't No, I think also too, from my perspective, Katie, you were connecting and also bringing a bigger vision to Mm. your coaching. I'm so glad you were on the podcast today. Is there (laughs) anything else that, um, either of you would like to say before we end? I guess there's one thing. There's a quote by Aristotle that we had talked about this season a lot that I talk about in my coaching a lot, and it extends to a lot of different things, but I will let you take it how you want. The quote is, we do not act rightly because we have virtue or excellence, but we rather have those because we have acted rightly. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. I love that. Get me crying again. I guess I should. Oh, y'all on? No, I think that's really good because I think, you know, I, I also think of coaching as as mentoring in, in some way. I really like that quote, though, because I think when you're also in the position of, you know, coaching, I like with, with mentoring as well, you know, working with the kids, you know, you have to be a good role model. But I also think excellence is kind of karmic as well. Like the type of energy you put out, you're going to receive back. So it's the same whenever you're in a leadership position coaching as well, like the energy that you put out um, and the habits that you have, it's going to come back to you to see it, you know, a reminder just to put out that good energy. That's so great. Okay, ladies, I love you both very much. And thank you you so so much much for being here. Thank you for having me. Love you guys. Okay. Love our listeners. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to our episode today, and we sure hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, would you please leave us a comment, especially if you're listening on Apple? That would be very, very helpful. Next week is Thanksgiving. Can you believe it? Have you ever struggled with or fought with your pie crust? (laughs) Oh, God. I have for way too many times. If you are like me, you might want to join us for a listen next week. Rebecca Cohen comes back uh, to lead us through the secrets about mastering pie dough. <laughs> oh, God. We'll make sure to drop the episode on Tuesday before Thanksgiving so that you have time to get all your ingredients and be ready to make an amazing pie. Let's tackle past defeats courageously together. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye.